Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Janet Falk, the Chief Strategist of Falk Communications and Research, which provides public relations and marketing communication services to attorneys, business owners, and consultants. Hi, Janet. How are you? I'm doing great, Ari. Pleasure to be here. How's the things with you? Everything is great, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. So tell us about your background and the work that you do at Falk Communications. My logo, which is the letter F for Falk, is embedded in the shape of an octagon. And that's because I am not a round peg. I am not a square peg. I'm an octagonal peg. This means that I have worked in many diverse fields, higher education, Wall Street, law firms, and nonprofits. And that being the case, I bring an outsider's perspective to every client relationship. One thing that I do is I help my clients to figure out who they should reach out to, where these people are looking for information and resources, And how can we get my client in front of their targets and showcase them in a way that my client will be seen as the best equipped resource to handle someone else's problem? Now, this often means outreach to the media. And before I introduce my clients to a reporter, I want to make sure that their website and their LinkedIn profile are up to date because it undermines your credibility as a resource if it looks like you're dealing with dated promotional materials. I also help my clients when they wanna publish articles, maybe in the legal press or maybe in the industry press. And I help them with the content of their website and their newsletters. You can see this is a variety of writing activity that I take off the shoulders of my clients so that I can help them to move forward in reaching out to others who need to know the value of the services that they bring to the marketplace, whether attorneys or consultants. Can you offer any best practices for what your clients should do to get started in this process in terms of auditing their content, their websites, their other collateral in anticipation of working with the strategists? The first thing they should do is they should remember, it's not about me, it's about you. You should always be thinking who is on the other side of the table and you should be anticipating that they are reading with their own self-interest. I'm sure Ari, you're familiar with the world's greatest radio station, WIFM. Everybody listens to what's in it for me. Therefore, you have to make sure that whatever it is that you're putting forward about yourself addresses the pain point or the need or the unknown, unnamed problem that someone might have. So think about who is on the other side of the table and what is it that's going to solve their problem. Help them to name that problem and indicate that you are that resource. You mentioned helping identify the source of prospective clients, networking, where are some effective places for the professionals with whom you work to connect with the individuals that they are trying to serve? It varies from situation to situation, but I would think about the larger picture. 
what I'm focused on right now in my practice is helping people to make the most of going to conferences and bar association meetings. And I think about what are your goals when you're going to one of these events? So let's start with that. Let's think about the fact that you want to learn about new developments in the law. You want to learn about new developments in the industry. You want to learn from the speaker who's going to be talking about their area of of expertise, whether it's cybersecurity or technology or marketing or diversity issues. And you want to earn CLEs. This is why you're going to a conference or a bar association meeting. But let's face it, Ari, you could do all that very comfortably from the comfort of your office or your own home. You don't have to get on a plane and go to an overpriced hotel to get these kinds of benefits of learning updates in the field and learning updates in the law and earning your CLA. The real reason that people are going to conferences and and bar association meetings is to have that face-to-face interaction. They want to connect with the people that they already know and haven't seen for a while. They want to be in touch with their referral sources. They want to meet new people who could be potential colleagues, co-counsel if they're out of their own jurisdiction, or people who could be potential referral sources. And why do people go to Las Vegas and Miami? They want to get out of town. They want to have a little change of steam. Lawyering is a high-stress environment, and everyone deserves a little break. So when you're thinking about where you're going to your next event, then if you want to really make the most of this face-to-face contact of patching up with the people that you know and meeting new folks and potential referral sources, then these are the steps that I recommend that you do in preparation. And the first thing is, and this is something that's very accessible, look at the membership directory of the organization that's holding the event. If you're a member of the organization, and sometimes even if you're not, that membership directory is available to you online. And you can sort it in different ways to find the people who have the same practice as you, or the people who have a practice that aligns with your practice, or the people who went to the same law school as you, the people who are in your same geographic area, or you you could even be looking for people who you have lost touch with, people that are probably going to be members of this organization and you were on the opposite side of a transaction or a litigation, or you worked together at some previous firm and so on. If you want to be connecting with people that you already know and meeting people that you want to get to know, then going through the directory of the members of the host organization is a great way that you can identify people who are from your practice or from an aligned practice or with whom you share some other element in common. So that's one thing that I recommend if you're going to an event is to prepare in advance who you might like to meet. Now, here's something else that I think people overlook. Get in touch with the speakers ahead of time and say, Ari, I see that you're going to be talking about X topic, and I'm really interested in this aspect of it. And the speaker will be excited to hear from you. And in fact, it may be something that they hadn't fully addressed in their remarks, and now they have an idea. Oh, this is a hot topic in this particular area. I better incorporate that into my remarks. Wouldn't you be excited to know that someone contacted you in advance because they're so interested in what you have to say? 
Now, if you're the speaker, oftentimes you give such a great presentation and then there's that dead silence at the end of your remarks that everybody feels uncomfortable. So what you can do is you can say to the speaker, I'm so looking forward to what you have to say. Is there a question that you would like me to ask? Because sometimes there's a hot topic and it just doesn't fit into the parameters of what the speaker is going to address. But you can ask that question. And then at the end of the presentation, at the end of the panel, then everybody rushes up to the front of the room and they exchange cards with the speaker and they try and get their attention. And you can just hang back in the back of the room and talk to the other people that you've met there. And at the end, you can go up to the speaker and say, I really enjoyed your remarks. I was so glad to hear you address that question. And the speaker will be so grateful to you for breaking the ice and asking the question. So I think these are things that people can be thinking about before they go to their next bar association meeting or their next conference is work the directory to find people that you could meet there and be in touch in advance with the speakers because they will be glad to hear from you. That point about asking the speaker a question sounds quite effective. Once they do that, what should they bring to share with the people that they meet? You should always have some branded item from your law firm. Now, a lot of people have a pen and you think, a pen, what's a pen? But if you check your desk, you will find that you have pens from law firms, from insurance companies, from software providers. So everybody could use a pen. So it's a good thing to bring. But a pen doesn't say, I'm good at my job. A pen is pen like any other pen. So what I do is I have a four paneled card that I have created, and it's the size of a business card. And on the front, it has five fast tips to maximize a media phone interview. It has my name and it has my logo and name of my company. And on the back, it has my contact information, my phone number, my email address. And I also have a QR code so that you can flash that with your phone and then you can sign up for my newsletter. But what's really important is what's inside. These are the five fast tips that you can use when you're talking to a reporter on the phone. And because it is the size of a business card, you can keep it in your wallet or you can keep it on your desk. So when you get that call from a reporter, you will know how to handle the situation. Now, this format is very flexible. If you were a personal injury attorney, then you could have five things that you should look out for if you're in a car accident. Or if you're a real estate residential transaction attorney, you could have five things that you should be aware of when selling or buying your home and so on. I think that this kind of giveaway item, something small, which is not going to be consumed, which has your branding on it, and it has very vital and helpful information on this four-paneled card in the inside is a great thing to give away and will last much longer than a pen or lip balm or any other item that could potentially be consumed or lost. I often suggest that people try to sit one seat in from the aisle when they are at a conference because someone always wants to sit on the aisle and then you get an opportunity to network. But where should they sit at mealtimes? 
there's two ways of approaching this. One way is to go up to the people that you already know so that at breakfast, say, you can have a quick conversation and just catch up with them. Or at the coffee break, you can do the same thing. But at lunchtime, there's more time available for speaking with people at lunchtime. And so that's an opportunity to go to a table where you don't know anyone. And then you can be meeting new people and learning about their practice or learning about their business and so on. Now, if you're from the New York office and your colleagues from Chicago and San Francisco are going to be there, don't sit with them. Instead, you should be working the room. Because the truth is, you could talk to these people any day of the week and likewise. So you should be looking for new people that you could be speaking with. I think your tip about leaving the aisle seat open is terrific. And especially during those moments when one panel is getting off the dais and another panel is going up there and they're setting up and testing the technology equipment and so on. Those are those little dead moments when you should not be looking at your phone, not be looking at your electronic watch. You should be talking with your seatmates and say, what do you think about this? Or I noticed you weren't at the previous session. Did you go to one of the other simultaneous sessions? What were they talking about there? So find opportunities to have casual interaction. And when it comes to mealtimes, you can quickly catch up with people that you know at breakfast and have more extended conversations with people over lunch. And plan to catch up with the people who are from other partner offices at some other date. How do you recommend that professionals conduct follow-up after a meeting or a conference? I am a giver by nature. And, and I'm in a conversation with someone that I've met. I'm going to think this person has a problem and this person also represents a solution. I'm going to be thinking who in my circle could be helpful to this person with their problem or who in my circle is this person going to be able to help with their solution? There are different kinds of things that you can give to the next person. One, of course, is a personal introduction. I see that you're interested in intellectual property in Brazil. I have a colleague who also works with Brazilian companies. Let me know if you'd like to have a conversation and I'll introduce you to that person. So offering to make a, an introduction is always very valuable. And at that point, you can ask for the person's business card, and then you can make a notation, you know, partner in Brazil or IP in Brazil, so that you can connect those two people. I always like to make a note on the person's business card because I'm probably meeting 30 people and I won't be able to remember what I promised each one. Another thing that you can do is you can offer to share with them a podcast that you've heard or that you've been on or an article that you've written or that you've read, you can say at the end of a conversation. And by the way, these conversations generally go on just a little bit too long and both sides would like to end them a little sooner. So don't be shy about saying, I've really enjoyed speaking with you. I'd like to keep in touch with you on an informal basis. If you are interested, I periodically write a newsletter or a blog. Would you be interested in subscribing? And then the person will tell you yes or no. They'll often say yes, even if they don't really want to, just to be polite. And you can make a notation on their card, send latest newsletter, send latest blog post, and, and send that over to them. Now you've got your phone with you, right? So you can take a selfie. 
take a picture of the two of you talking, and then you can share that later on social media and you can send it to the person and so on. I recently learned a trick from one of my clients. What she does is she takes a picture of the person's car and then she sends a note to her assistant saying, send them the newsletter on X topic. So she emails the photo and the request to, or she texts it to the, the assistant and then the assistant takes care of it. Now you might be a solo attorney or have a small firm. You don't have an assistant. What should you do? You can hire a virtual assistant for three hours a day just to conduct your follow-up. And when that person gets the email or the text with whatever it is that you promised them later that evening, they're going to think, oh, this person is really serious about keeping in touch with me. This is a person that is reliable. I can depend on this person. And the next day, they're going to look for you. They're going to thank you. And they're going to be appreciative. So I think that there are different kinds of things that you can offer. You can offer personal introductions. You can offer materials that you've read or written. And of course, take a photo because everyone loves to see themselves in photos. How can professionals adapt these techniques to remote events? Well, remote is a little bit difficult because oftentimes there isn't an interactive component. Many times you're just watching what's happening on the screen and you may be able to post in the chat information about yourself. You may be able to ask questions of the speaker and the panelists in the chat, but you can't always rely on that. So it's a little bit difficult. If you know that the event is going to be remote, you can still, as I suggested, contact the speakers in advance and say, I'm really looking forward to what you have to say on this topic. Are you going to address X? Is there a question that you might like me to ask? I'm happy to do that. One thing you can do is contact the speakers in advance the same way. But another thing that you can do is always have your contact information prepared and saved as a draft email. Because many times there'll be an opportunity where there's in the beginning or towards the end, where they will ask you to comment and share your contact information. If you save that as a draft email, then it's very simple for you to simply copy and paste into the chat. And then you can have that all correct. You know that you put .com after your URL. You know that you have all the phone numbers for your phone number there correctly and so on. And you can usually save the chat at the end of the session. Before you close out, make sure that you have clicked on those three dots so that you, you save the chat and you have a record of what everybody else posted. But if it's an event where you're only seeing and hearing what the speakers are saying, then you're really at a loss to connect with the other people who are attending as well. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Janet Falk the Chief Strategist of Fall Communications and Research, which provides public relations and marketing communication services to attorneys, business owners, and consultants. Janet, thanks so much. It's been my pleasure, Ari. A lot of fun talking with you. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.